Hey, it's Rob. If you missed our 17th place roundtable, we had a good one. Chappelle and I got together with Brandon Donlin, Zach Wurtenberger, and Maddie for a very fun podcast talking about week two of Survivor. On Friday night, Taryn had the first BB Can roundtable. Whether you're keeping up with every episode or just want to know what's going on, Taryn, Melissa, and Chappelle have everything from week one of BB Can. And the Amazing Race is back this week. I'll be kicking off the season with Mike and Jess on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that here on RHAP. We know reality TV. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Hello, hello, and welcome in to the first, second, question mark, episode of The Devil's Plan Rehap Up uh, after doing our little, you know, backdoor pilot over on Nothing But Netflix. We are back to start covering the rest of the season, and I am joined by a very special co-host, someone who helped us kick it off over on the Nothing But Netflix podcast, also podcasting daily about suits, as well as, God, how many other shows? It is. I did not come here for that. I did not sign up for this. Yes. Tis I, people. Uh, You know, we thought this would be a nice Nothing But Netflix, you know, pilot, but then... People are demanding more coverage of The Devil's Plan. And so who better than our special guest for Nothing But Netflix, Brian Scally, to take the lead on this. And uh, I think I'm just going to kind of hang out in the background. I'm going to help him out here. And we're going we're gonna to talk this through because Scally is way smarter than me. And so mm. Scally is going to be able to explain some of the intricacies of this show while we talk through what people are considering one of the best reality shows they've ever seen. Hmm. I think that first of all, we are co-leading this. I just opened the podcast, and no, then no. second of all, <laughs> uh, yeah, the hype for this show is real. As soon as it dropped, I think before people even listened to the podcast, they were like, "Yes, we want more." Um, mm. People know the show. People are familiar with the genius, and like for me, it was always like, "Oh, it's created by the creators of the genius." I'm in. I don't care what else it is about. So uh, I was excited to get into the devil's plan and after watching the first two episodes i was immediately curious to continue on so i'm glad that we are here to ultimately we're going to be discussing episodes three and four here otherwise it seems like it's day two of gameplay in the house so uh chappelle what did you like how did you feel were you excited to keep going where are we at on the devil's plan Yes. Well, I was very nervous that you were not going to allow me to podcast with you about it because, again, I'm not one of the genius kids. You know, I, I tried to watch an episode of it one time. I fell asleep. And so I didn't know if it was going to it was going to grab me, the devil's plan. But I enjoyed talking it through with you and Rob. And then I said, OK, well, I'll give episode uh, three a chance. And um, this is some gripping television, Scotty. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat at points. Um, there's a lot of in- interesting gameplay. I'm 
already starting to really connect with the characters too. Uh, I have my faves. I'm not going to spoil who they are, but Ooh. y'all know who y'all are. And uh, and yeah, this was a great time. And so I'm excited to get through these two episodes and then we can roll out some more to, until we finish the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always knew. I, I know your taste by now. I knew you'd be in on the genius. You just need to like find time for it. And so oh. hopefully <laughs> once we get through here, uh, you know, we'll be inspired. You'll be waiting. Why are you for so more. shady, though? Like, why is it? Why is everything you <laughs> was say, it? Like, laced with? Yeah, you know, Chappelle, you're so busy. Chappelle, blah, blah, blah. Like, I hear you, Scally. Don't play. I'm stating facts. So <laughs> we do come in. And so last time we had a, you know, a very fun main match, which did lead to both Geom and Siwon, who won the last uh, main match as the terrorist of the week. And we do get the opening here where they're talking early morning, continuing their alliance, agreeing to share information with each other. And I feel like the whole first part of this episode really is focusing on alliance building. Yes, and it's so funny that we start off with this pair because, you know, not to spoil the episode, but this is going to be a pair that is uh, split up by the end, Scally. Uh, <sighs> we, you know, um, Jiam and, and see Shiwan, we saw them, you know, worked good as terrorists. We see them saying, okay, we, let's put the terrorist role behind us, but continue to have a working plan moving forward. And then throughout the course of this episode, <laughs> we just watched this alliance crumble and they scratch and survive to... I think it was, were they the final two people in there? No, they weren't the final two mm-hmm. people. Not cl- left. Almost. Uh, almost. <laughs> almost. And so, yeah, it really comes down to a point where we see uh, them at the top of their game here and fighting for their dear life at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing is where we are opening this episode, having them start off, but then also like Dong Jae comes in with Siwon and like they're continuing their alliance that they had in that first episode. They have multiple people like in orbit uh, jump in and say that they're going to work with each other. But I kind of felt like they were spreading themselves a little thin in the opening of this episode, how much they were talking to people. Yeah, Siwan, she notices this as well, right? She's sitting around, she goes, you know, you think we're doing a little too much? You think we have alliances with everybody? I mean, we did bring in Orbit and uh, Sun Quan and Kyung Rim. Like, we're just basically everybody who walked up to them, like, so you want to do an alliance against Mm. these other people? (laughs) And by the end of this, you know, it it does look like their overplaying is going to be their downfall because um, people are not going to want to work with them. You know, I actually think there's like a little bit of a barrier to entry after that first challenge because it was so cutthroat that people might have already been had like a bad taste in their mouth, uh, you know, to even want to work with them or to even just be incentivized to try to take them down that now that they were at the top of the power structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was always going to be a hard place for the people that like ultimately were in like a minority win last round being the terrorist. Um, I think that like they got so many pieces <laughs> ultimately, yeah. uh, you know, and they themselves did not. Uh, they did win, but Dong Jay also won. So like they as a three got so many pieces like they stick out automatically and they also just like pulled the wool over so everyone else's eyes so effectively that I think it was always going to put the spotlight on them and they have a few you built in allies like uh, Sok Jin, who they deceived and then ultimately gave him a couple pieces and that works. But for everyone else, I mean, even um, for Yan Wu, who is Si Wan's roommate, like the relationship is there, but it's still tough to like work with someone who is so far ahead of you in the game. Also, can we can we talk about Yan Wu just a little Ooh. bit? Um, 
Siwan is tired. She's like, okay, I trust my roommate. Like, I, you know, we kind of did some back alley stuff last round and we beat her, but you know, I kind of want to keep her around. <laughs> and um uh Don Jay is like, no, she's not good at the game. What are you doing? Mm. <laughs> what, mm, we don't need her, actually. You know, like um, I don't think we, I don't think we have to do that. And, and she wants like, what? Are you sure? Are you positive we can't bring her around? So even when they're trying to start these other alliances, there's still a little bit of the remnants of that first challenge. You know, the um, uh, the first big terrorist challenge or whatever, where you know people lost some trust with people, but they also gain respect for certain people in the game, and they just don't look, they don't see like the um. I guess the merit in aligning with everybody all the time or really trying to like let them into the inner circle. There's some people like uh, Yam Wu who it doesn't, it doesn't seem like she's actually going to get in the mix of that, but to her credit, it didn't, it didn't hurt her too bad this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was worried for her for quite some time. And honestly, it's something that I worry about with Dong Jay uh, moving forward. I think maybe he'll be able to course correct, but based on that first main match, uh, we really, I don't feel like that many people had like roles that were conducive to showing off their gameplay. And so mm-hmm. for a Yan Wu, for example, uh, like what was she going to do that was going to impress Dong Jay that much? Maybe in the prize match she could have done more. Uh, but he is kind of written off like a good amount of these contestants. It feels like, and that's dangerous. Yeah, I didn't love the edit he was getting. You know, it kind of felt like yeah, we cooked them up in the first episode, so they have no chance to keep up with us. Let me grab the four or five people I think I deem are worthy enough. Um, maybe try to pull in orbit a little bit. I don't know, but at the same time, uh, the rest of y'all, y'all fight amongst yourself. I think we're gonna be fine. And so they do go into this next main challenge with a minority alliance, which just math, uh, just math alone should tell you that that is not going to carry the day all the time. It worked in the terrorist challenge. But to kind of limit yourself to working with two or three people in this next challenge, it is going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I think will carry over from the genius is you can set up these alliances and they will help you in some challenges. I think that this was a challenge that like almost to too much of a degree did allow alliance structure to really influence how the game went. But there are many challenges also that I expect to pop up in the future. Let's say had the terrorist game popped up this round instead, like you have to work with who you're paired with rather than who you feel good with necessarily going into the game. And like, so the roles will force the alliances to break and bend necessarily. Uh, So I'm not, too worried that they're completely on the outs uh, from here moving forward. But I think that if they had watched uh, the genius, for example, then maybe they would not have been uh, like so overconfident in their alliance being able to pull them through. Well, that that is an interesting point, Scally, because I assumed a lot of them had seen the genius because it doesn't seem like the learning curve is is that like big, you know, like there's not that big of a gap. I'm at home watching this and I'm struggling to understand a lot of the rules and like, you know, some of the strategy, but a lot of them are really picking it up very quickly. And so Mm -hmm. I assume that maybe they were familiar with the genius, you know, even when they, we see them go to prison and they instantly know, okay, there has to be something in here for us. It's like, you know, I think you only know that if you, if you're familiar with games that are similar to this. So you didn't really pick up that they might've had a, like a, a inkling on how this works. 
I would assume I feel like <laughs> the uh, you know the average IQ of this cast seems to be a little higher than the, that the of many literally <laughs> the genius <laughs> <laughs> so I would expect most of them to be doing their research and at least check in on what they're signing up for uh, mm. so I would expect them to have checked it out and I think that that's the value in some of these smaller alliances is that um, it, you're not necessarily going to be able to go in with just a majority alliance and power your way through. But if you have uh, like small relationships in there, they can potentially like figure a workaround to the game. And so I think when they ultimately settle on like a strong four of uh, Dong Jae and Si Wan and Seok Jin, and they originally thought Yan Wu, but it seems like Geom more is uh, in there. I think that mm-hmm. depending on the game, the four of them do seem so strong that uh, that could be very dangerous moving forward. It could be, but not this time. Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> this time, it's a disaster for them. They they were fighting from their life from beginning to end, and it was. I, I think it was a little hard to watch. You know, even when we see these the other alliance of the one piecers, um, you know, the people who only have got the the one piece left, or or you know, then I guess the two or more people were supposed to align. But the one piecers are sitting around openly strategizing around them, like, uh, mm-hmm. we need to take them out, and there's nothing they can do about it because it's only four of them. And so let's see what happens after this. Um, and like I said, it doesn't work out. Yeah, that's the thing. So ultimately, we do see uh, where, you know, Siwon is trying to or Dongjae is trying to recruit some other members of the house. Most of them are really falling in with an alliance that is uh, at least on the show, seeming to be headed by Orbit and Junbin, who organize the uh, One Piecers alliance, pulling in like Xiang Quan and Dongju. So uh, it seems as if there is an opposing side of the house and they are are not discounting all of the other players and also are in similar positions in the game, which make it uh, a little more appealing to potentially align with them. So uh, in a game like this, where the majority really can force the hand so aggressively, it definitely was going to pay off. Yeah, they all have one piece. And so they're fighting for their lives. You know, we will see in the next challenge that uh, losing and coming in last place and stuff like that is basically a deadly, uh, you know, occurrence. And so they have to avoid that at all costs. And so, yeah, they're willing to all put their heads together and take these guys out. Now, you did mention my boy, Junbin. Oh, um, saying that June Ben brought somebody into alliance is hilarious because they literally had to go wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, June Ben, wake up! We're in alliance. He's like, oh yeah, of course, of course we are. <laughs> I gotta love him. I gotta love him because if anybody is going to stumble their way through this game in a similar way that I would, it's probably him because there are moments of brilliance, but then there's also followed by him being like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and so he's really, I really funny. Like him a lot. Yeah, I mean. Even when he approaches Xiang Huan, he's like, I'm aiming for an ugly win today. Like, he does not know any bounds. Yeah, so the thing about Chunbin is, though, even though he's coming in with kind of a big head, it does feel like he can back that up <laughs> with some of his gameplay. And I, like, I do think he's very smart. So I am excited to see how that really plays out here. Yeah, he's one of my faves. Uh, again, I, you know, a lot of them are very, very intelligent. And so I'm looking for the ones that stand out to me are going to be the ones who like have big personalities uh, or somebody who I can see myself playing like because I, I like to watch these kind of games. But you know this about me, Scally. I do not like to play this kind of game. <laughs> and so. Um, so, yeah. So rooting for June Ben at all costs, uh, even by the end of this whole thing, 
I remember there was a part where he says, I think at the end, after they win, he goes, you know, it's my bad. I didn't mean to decimate y'all like that. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, you've been, uh, you know, I, I think that he has what it takes to be very entertaining if he can last a little bit longer into the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing is I'm kind of excited to watch like the ego throughout. I'm excited to track it because like you said, even when he does ultimately get his ugly win at the end, he's like, oh, my bad. <laughs> like, maybe I'll work with you next time. So uh, he's going to be a character that I am very excited to track throughout the season. But I think that does take us to our main match of the day, the game called Rules Race. Now, uh, for people maybe who didn't watch the episode, which I'm assuming you did, but if you need a refresher, uh, what this ultimately is going to be is basically like a little board game that they get to play, but they each get to set their own personal rule, all of which will be secret to them. And as well, there is going to be a group rule uh, that if they land on certain spaces on the board called a town, I believe, uh, then you can change the group rule, which will also affect everyone. So it is uh, a very interesting game that I think had a lot of possibilities. But Chappelle, how do you think that uh, this game was in practice? I think that when they started talking about all the rules of the rules game, I was done. I was like, oh, no, this is too much. This is too much. You can create your rule, but it has to be grammatically correct, but it has to stay the target, but it can only be this one of the same color, but it can't contradict itself, but it can't do this. I was like, I don't know what to do here. I, at that point, I'm walking out. I'm like, all right, put me in jail, please. <laughs> um, but watching it play out, I think it's one of those learn as you go type games. You know, like you try something, they tell you that doesn't work and you try something else. And then you see it, uh, you know, start to manifest once you play the game. Um, so you get the dice rolls that I think were pretty interesting, having a, a special die and a regular die um, as well to move you around the board. The opportunity to go to prison uh, for a little bit uh, and not be able to get out unless you roll your way out of it. So there's like shades of like Monopoly in there in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, where you had to get like the certain um, you had to hit certain spots to, to get yourself out of jail. You had to get like these tickets to let you out. Um, And then, you know, when you create the actual rules, your rules can, um, you know, depending on who you are, where your place is in the game, really affect how you end up moving through the game. And so I love the watching it play out, but I'm not going to lie to you. Watching them strategize for it was hell. Like it was just hell to me because I was like, (laughs) I can't. It's like I couldn't see all the pieces. So I didn't know, you know, what they were trying to do. Like they say, oh, well, we want to make a rule where we're able to get out of jail easily. So we just need tickets. And so it seems like the majority alliance really wants to hoard as many tickets as possible so that if they don't go to jail, I mean, if they go to jail, they don't get slowed down, which seems like a good plan if they can get the rule to be grammatically correct. Uh, And then we see that the other alliance is not thinking along those lines and they're more like, oh, okay, well, we're just going to try to move around the board quickly because we have pieces and the smaller alliance doesn't have as many pieces as us. And that, turns out to be a mistake from them so it was fun watching it and honestly it was a long challenge like i'm one of those people who kind of halfway watch survivor challenges and stuff but i was knee deep in this challenge every role i was writing down like oh my god 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 (laughs) so i enjoyed it what do you think so for me i first want to point out one thing that i don't know that we talked about necessarily on episode one uh that with the genius uh it was 
mostly subtitled by someone who I want to give a shout out to, but I'm also like, should I call them out? Like, is that illegal? I don't know. Uh, so it was mostly subtitled online uh, by someone who was great. They're a legend. We love them. And I wish that they had been hired to do the subtitling here because they were really good about adding context. So whenever there was writing on screen per se, they would also give you the English translation. And gotcha. so while we saw like, all right, here are all the words that are available to be writing sentences. It's like, well, I don't know what any of these words are, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. I can't come up with, is this a good rule or are there better on the board? Because unfortunately I can't read these. <laughs> so right. that's uh, a unfortunate barrier to entry that like even subtitles or dubbing can't solve. Um, so I wish that they, if they do moving forward, that they update that as well. It's like a little more work, obviously. Um, but also for example, in the genius, something that they would also uh, update is so like if there was an honorific or something that is used in Korean that like doesn't uh, exactly translate to English, they would have like, the word with the definition on screen as well. Right. So like you could learn as you go. So um, I wish that those changes were like my only very tiny complaints um, in that. I wish that like there was a little more context that we could be given, but uh, overall still great. Now with the rules race, I'm going to say, thank God for the group rules because yes. if <laughs> only the personal rules. Uh, I think that this could have been very, very boring <laughs> like once you're set with your personal rule it uh makes it very difficult if you just chose the wrong thing to like change your fate in the game so the group rules really were a good equalizer yeah because some of these personal rules uh that we see even in play are just awful you know uh, like i can move up two spaces if the person in the front rolls a two it's like okay but if the person and, in the front never rolls a two, then you're you're done. You know, you just you just move up one space. Like you don't get any like boost. Um, and the rolling of the dice too, Scally. Dear God, uh, <laughs> Yun Wu was in hell the entire the entire game. Every roll is just boom. Get uh like uh exit the jail. Boom, exit the jail. Boom, exit the jail. It's like she needs to move around the board, and she's just not rolling. It's not giving her anything. She was in. Hell from beginning to end, literally got through, just <laughs> scraped by. Um, and yeah, those personal rules are really like the game changer because if you don't have anything that'll help propel you around the board, or you're only like playing defense to where you don't gotta go to jail a lot or something like that, then it's really tough. Um, because we'll see later on that uh being able to use the special die is what helps the minority alliance really kind of um, you know, um get back in the game because they were able to sacrifice some of their pieces. And, you know, the smaller alliance didn't have those. And so whenever it was a, a group rule that was like based on the amount of pieces you had, Oh, they were basically stuck. But if any time it wasn't, it was just hoarding tickets, hoarding tickets, hoarding tickets and staying out of jail. And it was so beneficial for them to try that rule. Yeah. That's what's tough is, I understand the strategy that was implemented from, uh, let's say, the peace leaders in the game where Mm -hmm. like, oh, we have these and they don't. So that's a tool that we can use. But how many are you realistically spending in this one game? (laughs) Like three. (laughs) So to go all in on like three moves in what ultimately was probably like a thousand move game seemed very uh, short sighted for me. Yeah. What was the best move? Do you think like personal or personal or group move that you think happened during the game? Well, I think that what was interesting to me is like Dongju's personal rule is just like she gets an escape ticket whenever anyone escapes from prison where other people's rules were like 
I get an escape ticket only if someone uses an escape ticket. It's like, well, why did you do a more specific rule when the more general <laughs> rule was on the board? Like, I don't understand that. So ultimately, with how this game plays out, I feel like that's the absolute VIP uh, because uh, it ultimately we found out that the escape tickets could be used not only to escape from prison, but they could be traded with other players. They could be used to roll the special die. They could be used for many other opportunities. So uh maximizing on those escape tickets seemed like uh in hindsight a very obvious move but i can't say that if i had even you know had all of the english words translated in front of me that i could have ever come up with that strategy no you're 100 correct i this is this is beyond me i i, I the way i'm still at start you know just rolling like oh, you're yan woo uh, yes basically that's why i felt that's why i felt for yan woo because i was like it me it's me it's you it's me we're we're the same um because it's the combination of dong Ju's, uh like I get tickets anytime somebody else gets a ticket, basically. Um, or I get tickets anytime someone gets out of jail, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But then, like, in combination with, oh, and now we have a group rule that you can sacrifice your tickets, not your role. Yeah, you, you can sacrifice your ticket and your role, or you could just sacrifice your tickets to move someone back a couple spaces. Uh. And when Don Ju just releases the clip, and she's like, oh, Don Jay, you're going back six spaces. I'm like, oh, oh not wow. six and then they're just on their asses boom you back up one space you back up you back up you back up i said yes the great equalizer that this was <laughs> that was the most fun part of the episode for me is when they really started to put that rule into effect and they just started bouncing them back i said yes this is what i'm talking about this is what i came here for <laughs> Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It was so hard for me. So I think that you have now alluded to Junbin being your favorite. I was rooting for the overdogs. <laughs> like they are strategy minded and yes. cutthroat and I love a villain. So I was fully in. I was like, Siwan, you destroy all of them. <laughs> like, please Look, use your pieces. Siwan <laughs> is everything. Siwan is everything. I give her that. I give her that. But I'm telling you, when I saw them, I'm just like start to, cause this was the majority of lives was actually, you know, the underdogs. And so mm-hmm. when I saw them just kind of like, boom, 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 boom. And then you just see that smugness wipe off of Dong Jay and Siwan and, and Sokjin and uh, Guillaume's face. And then they start to realize, oh no, we're in hell. Like we are literally about to get demolished. Um, and there's nothing we can do about it because every time they get tickets, they're going to use them to back us up. And so they have to keep changing the group rule to be like, no, you can't use your tickets to do that. And then they change them back like, ha ha, now we can do it again. And it's just over and over and over again. Not to mention, Going to jail sucks. I mean, just like in like in practice, obviously. <laughs> but in the game, it's like, man, the odds of you rolling your way out of jail just seem to be so slim unless you didn't need to go to jail, in which case you're always going to roll. Like, get out of jail. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed seeing the kind of like the comeback kids, uh, you know, win the day. Yeah, in theory, I'm usually on more like on board a little bit more. I think the problem was that the smugness was also wiped off my face, sending me yes. to hell as well. <laughs> it was like my faves are doing so good. Um, but it was exciting because I do like other people on the other side as well. So I think that it was a fun 
game, uh, like the way that it played out. Ultimately, the fact that this game could be uh, so overpowered by a majority alliance, I think, was kind of a flaw in its design. Um, I think that what you want is you want for people to be able to figure out, even if they're on the bottom, how to outplay and outmaneuver this. And maybe that option was on the board and we just didn't see it um, in practice. Uh, but I think that seeing Dongju, who I think also is a standout in the second part of this episode that we will get to uh, really effectively play this game was exciting. And I am uh, excited for the future of Dongju in the game as well. Yeah, I love Dongju. Um, one of my, another one of my faves, a badass. We'll talk about it in a second. But yeah, I think one of the the other you know big moves was obviously like being able to use the special die to move around the board. It really did help the smaller alliance mm-hmm. because they were rolling like three, three, two, back to back, you know, and getting them around the board very quickly. Um, but yeah, I think the only thing that kind of soured this victory for me is how hard they took it. Ultimately, we see Guillaume come in last place, um, and Based on what, if you come in 12th place, you're supposed to lose what five, five. Uh, pieces, which is outrageous. Uh, and so he loses five pieces, and it really was a game of inches. You know, if like if he if he gets uh if he gets uh 11th place, I guess he's fine. Um, mm. but if he gets that 12th place, that five pieces is really going to be what does him in here. And um, yeah, they were so sad. Dong Jay felt like it was his fault, Siwan <sighs> thought it was her fault, and I was like, dang, now like. I was enjoying that loss, but now I'm like, mm, I don't know. They're taking it very hard. I didn't like that. It was tough. I think that, first of all, the game having a mechanic in which we could have ultimately lost three players in this episode. I yes. think that was pretty like likely almost. Um, yeah. You had to basically have the bottom two players be exactly who they are to ensure that uh, mm-hmm. only, you know, only two one person gets sent home. But Geom is someone who, especially in last week's prize match, I feel like, and also in the main match, we saw a lot of potential in. So to see that snuffed out in the first episode was upsetting for me. I do feel like we could have seen a lot of great gameplay from him. I know that people have come back on the genius before who like saw showed a lot of promise and didn't necessarily get to, uh, you know, show that on the show. So he's someone that even though he went home early, I would be interested to see how he could ultimately play. Uh, if he got a better chance. Yeah, I think so as well. I, I think once he got locked in with that smaller alliance, there really wasn't a lot of wiggle room. And then we'll hear other people in the in the cast say, you know, like the, there was just a barrier to entry to that alliance anyway, whether it was the air of like, we did it the first round, we beat y'all, y'all lost to us or we're superior, whatever the case may be. Um, there wasn't a lot of like, branching out between that that smaller uh alliance with more pieces to the, the larger alliance. And so uh, I think, this one kind of like was um, a little sobering for everyone, you know, like uh, they they won the challenge, but there wasn't a lot of celebrating. It was like they were happy that they survived, but it wasn't like a triumphant victory over the other team. It was more like, dang, we lost Guillaume, you know, and so uh, it is what it is. He's gone. But uh, I think you're right. I think if they ever wanted to bring back an all star or something like that, I don't think he would be bad, especially considering he's only what the first person to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think a very strong first boot, unfortunately. I do have another question about the strategy of this game, ultimately. Um, being that the alliance that ultimately ends up struggling a lot here uh, does get... Uh, Siak Jin has made a different rule for himself than the rest of his team. 
ultimately allowing him to fare a little better here. And they encourage him to make sure that he finishes first so that he can control who goes to prison um, and uh, gets like pieces for the next game for an advantage. Do you think it was correct in uh, like assuring that they have pieces to work with in the next game slash get to decide who goes to prison or should they have kept him on that board a little bit longer so that he could be helping out his teammates, like giving them pieces, getting extra roles? No, I really think that this might have been the right choice because he ends up with enough pieces to kind of keep uh, Siwan and Dong Jay in the game as well. So afterwards, he he gives them both, I believe, two pieces. And mm-hmm. so now they all have three moving forward. Uh, and this is good because now they're all on solid footing if they have to go into a situation where they have to risk, um, risk something to do well in the game. Um, in the moment... I was thinking, oh, are they just trying to keep him to, you know, in the in the role where he can make a decision who goes to jail? Because that also kind of benefits you, right? Like, I think only one person, Max, is probably coming out of the, the prison with some type of extra advantage or piece or whatever the case may be. And so you really don't want, you know, your alliance locked up um, unless you plan on making other inroads. And so allowing the three people who survive to kind of still be able to move around and gain favor with everybody else, I don't think it's a horrible idea, but I do think there might there is probably some merit to if he was there, he could have done some of the blocking and, you know, changed the rules a couple of times. But we don't know that he would have that, you know, we don't know that he would have fared good enough to where he wasn't one of the final three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they could have lost potentially, like you said, they could have lost everybody if it was the wrong combination of people down there. Um, yeah. And so. I think you kind of have to let the people go. I think even Siwan kind of comes up with that eventually. At first, she's they're really fighting for the team. And she's like, I kind of got to, I kind of, I got to, I got to save myself, you know, like at this point, like it's bad for her, you know, and uh, we see a couple of people in the majority of lines dealing with that too. But it, I think really at some point you have to put yourself first and he was probably the best choice for it. Get out of the, get out of the game. And then whatever you have to keep us alive, we'll just use that. Yeah. I, I mean, even after the game where young, uh, where Siwan is crying and saying like, I feel so guilty because I feel like it's my fault, but like I did really want to survive. It's like she's dealing with survivor's guilt just off of the first right. game. Like it's tough. It is. It is. And Don J too. You know, he felt like I my strategy is what really led Guillaume to going out of the game. And if it wasn't for me not really taking the majority alliance seriously, then maybe we could have come up with some other options. But they really just kind of they eavesdrop a little bit, found out that they were going to be hoarding tickets and try to move accordingly from there. But they didn't really put a lot of thought into what that looked like and how to block it. And so, um, yeah, I think that they all took it very hard. And it was just one of those things where someone has to lose, Scally. You know, everybody mm-hmm. cannot win. And so I think any way this went, um, someone was going to have their feelings hurt. And uh, I'm just happy it's one of your faves and not mine. I know. Yeah. It didn't have to be mine. <laughs> I got hurt. <laughs> yeah. More of this. More of this. Uh, we should have did a draft. <laughs> ooh. Yes. You know, you, I know you love drafts. <laughs> that might be next episode's thing if we only got one more person uh, eliminated. So yeah, let's definitely keep that uh, in the back of our minds. I was ultimately in this game thinking knowing the genius and knowing how much it was telegraphed like Yanwu was working with Siwon like they're a tight duo I was like all right Yanwu is going to infiltrate the other side and find out what they're doing and then it's going to be revealed that she told the other side and they have a big like set up grand plan on how ultimately like this was you know even though Yanwu is rolling and it's been you know 
six million minutes of television and she hasn't moved off of the start space. Like they have this secret plan. Uh, ultimately does not end up being the case. I could still see Yan Wu going back to uh, working with some of the other side in the future, but uh, we do get uh, Sok Jin end up having to send two people to prison after he does win this main match and he chooses Yan Wu and Seung Kwan based on their performance or actions in the main match today. Yeah, I love both of them. First of all, I love Yan Wu <laughs> and Seung Kwan and seeing them together in like the um in the in the jail. I'm thinking immediately we saw the first episode so we know that um there's something in there. There's something in there. They have to find it. But they're kind of still in, you know, this is the first time they've seen the prison. So they're like, oh, this is nice. Or this is okay. Okay. It's like a real jail in here. Okay. But this is all fun and games. Scally, it was all fun and games until they brought them the bread and milk. And then I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I am a professional gamer. I do not eat this crap. Come on. Play. Do me a favor. Show me some love here. Uh, but no, they're, they're in prison. There's lights out early. They have to wash in like a basin and with a pitcher. Um, and they also have to find a clue. And so they end up digging around uh, and finding like a little look like a little combination pad underneath the outlet. And then they get the little metal game, I guess, that they're supposed to figure out. And in the first one, the first time that uh, they got sent to prison, I, uh, I think it was uh, who who was it who went to on uh, the first episode? Kyung Rim and Yumin. Kyung Rim. Yeah, I think it was Kyung, Kyung Rim who was like, hey, I just have to figure this out. And then I get a piece. But now it feels like they have to figure it out. And then they also have to get a combination. Is that what's happening here? So I'm not sure. I did not go back to the first episode. My suspicion is if you go back and watch that first episode, I'm assuming that you can see that outlet. And it is another like secret thing that is in the prison available. Now, I don't know if that will allow you to like, oh, now you found the combination to the prison like gates and you can get back into mm-hmm. the house or if it is like there are you know five pieces behind it or what the case may be there could be some other advantage in the next day's game uh but my suspicion is that they are unrelated gotcha okay cool so these are two different challenges basically in one that's what i'm thinking yeah so i believe that we do see them trying to solve a different kind of like mind puzzle that they are given this time and we don't see if they've succeeded yet or not um but i think that that is independent to the uh outlet you know combination gotcha and before we move on to the next episode scally i have to ask you what do you think about orbit Ooh, orbit's fun killing me <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing um i i don't know anything like spoilers of future episodes or anything um i just know that based off of these four episodes i had heard of a lot of uh orbit really annoys me and i think that maybe you know we should be more open to annoying characters on television sometimes i feel like uh, he is very complicated in that he is taking these games very seriously and wants to win but also like when they're all like oh we can eliminate c1 like eliminate c1 like this will be easy we'll send her back he's like no no let's try to figure out how we can get every person through today and it's like orbit that's just not possible so i'm curious to watch him fight against both of his instincts 
Yeah, because the first episode it was very clear. He was like, I think we should move everybody through equally at the same time and then we'll all be fine. And also, let's talk about science. And in this episode, he completely abandoned science. I don't think he mentioned it one time. <laughs> um, but so I thought he was more tapped in. I thought we had gotten his character moment out of the way. And now he was going to be really like driving the strategy. And he was. They all come to him. I think uh, Dong Jay pointed out later on, like this group is whether it's, you take orbit seriously or not. The, the bigger alliance, they go straight to him whenever it's time to work this kind of stuff out. And so you're like, yes, Orbit, take your spot. Just sit at the throne. You know, you got it. But then when it's time to have the killer instinct to get out Siwan, he's like, I don't know. I just, dude, do we have to? Is there a way we can help her as well? Like, what are you doing, boy? The, the, <laughs> I, my notes say Orbit is killing me with his flop ass. And I meant that, you know, like, come on, Orbit. <laughs> Get your the, see why I would have laughed and tap danced on your grave. Did you see how they did you after the first game? <laughs> I'm sorry, you got to get your revenge. I've been meaning to ask you about Orbit, but it seems like you're you're more like on the fun characters are needed too, and I am too. But I really want him to be a fun character who is also trying to you know really move himself through the game, and you know at the cost of some of these other players. I don't mind that. For me, I want him to try to win ultimately mm-hmm. um but i'm interested in people who have different motivations in the game like i don't need every single person to be like an exact replica of each other and it's just like all right ultimately who plays the best game wins like i want to see a different amalgamation of people in that uh game and in that house so orbit has been a very fun character for me i'm sure that they will come in on another podcast and i'll be like oh my god orbit is so annoying um right. but <laughs> uh for now I'm enjoying him. I think that it's definitely questionable to not want to take out a member of the other team. I don't know if it looked like for a very long time, like, all right, so obviously Yanwu's getting eliminated. So let's try right. to keep everyone else here. Like, you know, when you go three fourths of the game and she hasn't moved off of go, I think that felt like a pretty safe assumption that it was going to be difficult for her not to finish in one of the last three spots. And so they're like, oh, we could get we could get C1 and other people eliminated in orbit. It's like, why? Like, we don't we don't need to do that. Why would we do that? But uh, I think ultimately getting your, uh, you know, non-alliance members out of this game earlier seems like a good move. And uh, orbit's not interested. No, but it could be beneficial. I think, uh, you know, like, again, I was annoyed with him in that moment. But I do think that keeping some of the stronger players around for some of these other competitions, these prize competitions could be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Because let's say we had lost Dongju in the first uh, game, right? Which it seemed like Dongju was kind of worried about herself in the game, too, because she was kind of, you know, using her tickets to keep everybody down. But that's also time where she's not rolling the dice and moving around the board. And so we could have lost her. Uh but she does make it through to the next round. And we'll see that she is very much the MVP of the entire next game, uh, effectively answering all the questions by herself. And so it's like, yeah, there's probably benefits to keeping some of the more savvy players around as long as they're not trying to screw you over. And so I think that there's like, that's the thin line you have to like to, to walk, right? Like, do I keep this person around? Because, yeah, we need to have more brains on this thing. Or... Is like their brain expendable because they actually want to, you know, be the one to do me in. And I think right now it doesn't feel very personal, but it could one day. And so there's probably pros and cons to both sides. It's just that in that moment, I was kind of like, Orbit, you got to have to, you got to have to, you know, take these people out. Like if you can take them out, you can move forward and then we can worry about this later on. 
Mm-hmm. Now, seeing how the other side of the house seems to be uh, almost you know, orbiting around orbit at the ah. beginning of these games, uh, do you think that, let's say, Dongjae, C1, etc., get a chance to target orbit in one of these games and potentially get him eliminated? Uh, you know, does the other side of the house then scatter? Are you put in a better position? Or is having someone like Orbit who is not actively trying to eliminate you from the game at any cost actually better than having some of these other people who are maybe a little more cutthroat? See, that's a good point. Because if you can convince Orbit that his idea of trying to keep as many people around as possible is like a good idea, then yeah, that means he's not trying to get rid of you. And he might actually throw you a bone a couple times and, and keep you safe in the game. Because it's like, Orbit, don't you want us all here, right? Shouldn't you give me like a piece or something so I can be all right? Uh, but if you get rid of him, it might give you more avenues to work with other people. And if you're a, a more self-interested player, it might benefit you to be able to dismantle that huge alliance, especially if they're not going to let you in all the way. Now, I don't, they don't seem like the type of alliance to not let you in if you want in, uh, because we already see my boy, uh, Jumin, he is already kind of like, so uh, y'all hiring, <laughs> you know, like, what y'all got going on over here, you know? Uh, and so there's probably merit to keeping Orbit around as well. Uh, I think personally, I would probably want Orbit around too, because I feel like if you go to Orbit, then um, he might he might throw you a bone. But in that challenge that we saw in episode three, they did. They did kind of go to Orbit. You know, they went in like, hey, what rules are y'all creating? They were like, right, get out of here. And so mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, I think Kim Rin literally walked them out the door. Like, Don Jay, come with me. Come on. Don't scatter. <laughs> Don't shoot. And so, uh, and so, yeah, I think uh, Orbit might not have all the agency that he feels like he has in the game. And so, I don't know. I might be leaning toward, you know, getting him out and then seeing what else can happen. Okay. Yeah, seeing if the pieces scatter, I think. Yeah, that more possibilities. If this was a game... Um, where there were more straightforward eliminations like the genius, I think that Orbit would probably be called out pretty early, um, mm-hmm. being that he is kind of a figurehead of an alliance. He is uh, a pretty good player, but not necessarily, uh, you know, the like number one on the board. I think that people might take their shot at him. I think it's going to be difficult to, at least in the games that we've seen so far, uh, target one specific person for elimination, especially depending uh, if you're just trying to survive by the skin of your teeth. So mm-hmm. I think that um, Orbit ultimately benefits probably for playing a game like this rather than the genius. But um, I still am curious to see how they their working relationship develops moving forward. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be fun. Orbit's a fun character. We got more character moments from Orbit in the first episode, and so I'm hoping that they bring more of that. But uh, there's only so much talk I can do about just science in general. You know, I really want him to start to talk more about the game and make some more alliances of his own. Mm-hmm. Now, when we do get back to the house after the main match, uh, you brought up Junbin trying to approach that other alliance, and I feel like he does it in a very interesting way, where he's talking to Dong Jae, and he's like, "I see you're crying about your alliance. You couldn't betray them, right? No, you couldn't. I could. I could betray right. anyone. I could we definitely should... <laughs> backstab these people. What are you talking about?" And, and he's like, "And that's the cool thing about us. You know, you're different. You are loyal to a fault, and I am a criminal. And that's why we should align." I was like, "Yeah." but like what a wild way (laughs) to build trust with someone like i could backstab every single person in this game you want to put trust in me (laughs) like what (laughs) i know you're not gonna backstab anybody but i'm awful and so like if we put our heads together i could one day backstab you that sounds attractive right that's what you want to align with 
No? That's the thing is I think that Junbin looks at the other side as ultimately a minority alliance that is comprised of very strong players. And I think that he fancies himself a very strong player as well and would love to be included in a strong players alliance. Uh, I think that he is going about it probably in not the best way where I could see, again, if you get to target someone, Junbin, who is openly telling you to his face that he will backstab you one day, is probably a pretty good target. Um, but I think that I'm expecting Junbin to play kind of all over the map moving forward. Uh, yeah, we see Junbin saying, you know, me and Dong J, we kind of have a, you know, we're kind of aligned. You know, we're like loose pair. <laughs> we never hear Dong J say Junbin's name. Like he's like, what? Who? You know, like why would I align with that guy? You know, like so I, I really want to know if that's going to pay off or if this is just Junbin doing more of his like obviously I'm the biggest threat. Obviously I'm going to kill it. Obviously, you know, he's very self-assured. And so it, that seemed like another character moment for me where he was saying that, but I don't know if it's going to work out in his favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That made me very, very curious for ultimately the prize match or the main match of episode five. Um, my eyes are fully on Junbin and which way he goes between the two alliances. Uh, or if he ends up on, like on a team with some of them, does he uh, screw them over? Does he work with them moving forward? So he is one of the players that I am most interested to see where they end up now. In episode four, we do also get the prize match, Fragments of Memory. Chappelle, how do you think you would have been at this prize match? I'm awful. What are you talking about? One, <laughs> I cannot see. <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows I'm blind, number one. And then two, I have the memory of a mosquito. You know, very, like, it, I'm in and I'm out. They were, like, and it, it's hard to play this game at home, right? Because it's very much like a, for if you, I know you watched this show if you're listening to this, but if you didn't, it's like a Where's Waldo type situation, right? Where you have all these, like, little drawings and pictures on this big map, kind of where you can look at the whole board and see different pieces of the puzzle. And, uh, and then by the end of this, they're going to have you memorize the thing and then they're going to ask you questions about it. Uh, that's pretty much the long and short of it. And so you have to go in and memorize different aspects of the, the picture. For me, memorizing that, you know, this old man had an eye patch or was his hat was hanging on the, uh, the hat rack. That's stuff that I can probably remember. But you also have to use a lot of logic in this as well, right? Where you have to go in and say, okay, well, what day is this on? And you see the calendar has a date circled, but there's been a time uh, how long the surgery has lasted. And if you backtrack 28 hours, then you can tell that it wasn't the day before. It was the day before the day before. And so <laughs> I'm like, bruh, I'm done. I'm done. So, you know, we see that Siwan, she ends up passing in her first question because she didn't really understand the rules. I would have passed because I wouldn't have been confident with any of the answers, Scally. <laughs> what about you? I can do some basic level. I think I would have probably had the approach of like, all right, everyone like memorize like a certain quadrant, but it was very difficult in that you don't know which order these questions are coming. So, mm. and then the problem with that being if you're really focusing on one quadrant, you're not then not looking towards the others and realizing this is basically a comic strip where they are moving through time. The same characters move through. So I think that presenting this as solely a memory challenge could have really done them in when this is ultimately just as much of a logic puzzle. Yeah. And uh, they do a, a sample, right? So they give them an example of how this is going to work. And they basically give you the desktop of that that girl from YouTube, the, the lo-fi hip hop girl who's like uh, drawing. <laughs> yeah. Like they give you like basically what's on her computer on any given day. <laughs> and uh, Scott, you know what I'm talking about. And so, exactly. <laughs> yes, and so you see like she's got Google up on her desktop. She's got like pictures of things. She got a little cat. She got a little uh, like, uh, like a clock. 
And so it's easy to go in and memorize the clock, right? And be like, oh, this happened at 10, 20, 8 p.m. Boom, that's the memory part. But then when they ask you, okay, well, what, what is the grade classification of this student that is doing a study? And you're like, how, how the hell am I supposed to know? But it's like, oh, you were supposed to go look at the Google desktop and then you look at it and then it says, oh, class of 2024. So that tells you that that person's a junior because they won't be graduating. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm telling you, <laughs> that was the moment where I was like, okay, put me back in prison. It's fine. I'll be okay. Um, there's, a, there's a piece in there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, if you tell them it's a logic puzzle without that, Example, I think that I mean a memory puzzle without that example. I think you really do go in trying to memorize like what color was the shoe? Was it pink? Was it yellow? You know, that kind of thing. When it really was follow the story and make it make sense in your head because you're gonna have to regurgitate some of the bigger aspects of that um later on when they ask you the questions. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point that the example was super helpful in that. It still didn't necessarily point out the comic strip element, but mm-hmm. I do agree that it would put you on to the fact that uh, some of these things need to be figured out and like logic their way through from mm-hmm. the information that you get ultimately. Now, like you said, we do see C1 and she seems to misunderstand the rules because uh, uh, once she went in there, we see that she is like very confident. We don't see her answer a question. We see her pass and extremely confused i was like oh this must be very difficult then they flash back to that she ultimately passes and i'm thinking what is this like out of the box strategy that siwan has is she throwing on purpose like what is she doing what does she know that i don't but no she misunderstood the rules she thought if she passed on this question that like they were only allowed to answer one question each i guess is probably her thought and so like if i take a harder question then someone could come in here and take the easier one after me but no in fact that means she is done and she doesn't get to continue any chances moving off of the board so i felt really bad for siwan there already had a bad day and then you know fumbles it in a pretty embarrassing way now then we have dongju come in yes and- <laughs> please mother <laughs> She is, in fact, mother. You are correct. <laughs> she comes in here and she's like, you know what? I like think I might know some stuff, but I'm not sure. Let me go in and I'm going to take my shot at the first question because uh, like if Siwon got it wrong, it must be very difficult. And then right. we pre- proceed to watch Dongju get every single question right without fail. Yes. Golly, <laughs> the crowd goes wild. OK. Um, what? What? So. I, I think I kind of missed this though. They, but they had to, were they wagering a piece as well to do this game? Yes. So, so yeah. if you answered, what happened was if they, anyone answered the question incorrectly, they would, the game would end. They would no longer be eligible to add the 50 million won to the prize fund. And the person who got the question wrong would lose one of their pieces. So if you only had one piece in this game and you got a question wrong, you went home. So we could have mm-hmm. seen four people be eliminated in this one round of play. Right. And Donju was like, she wasn't just sitting on pieces either. You know, so no. I was like, she's yeah, two, she, period. Yes. Yeah, she came out here with two pieces and she's like, you know what? Rent is due. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rent is due. I need that wand. I need that money. <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, change her name to Dong Wan. You know, because you need that want. You know, I was like, I was screaming. I was, I was, no, I was, it was so dope. Um, because she even says, like, there are a couple, there was like a question that slowed me down a little bit, but I also thought I was the best one 
at getting the question right, like the best chance of getting the question right anyway. So I might as well just go ahead and guess it because one thing they, they the other people don't know what questions are being asked, right? And so she kind of has a feel for who who has the better memories of the people. Like they've been talking it through. So they know kind of who knows what, like if you've been watching Big Brother, it's kind of like when they study days and you could tell like this person knows the days a lot better than the next person. So she kind of already goes in with that working knowledge and she's like, yeah, I mean, I could lose this one for us, but I think I'm the best one to give it a shot. And so she just does. And then, boom, 10 questions later, she's done it all. And so, yeah, great moment for her. But you're right. It wasn't a great moment for Siwan. But I just think Siwan, uh, her thing is that she just had a bad day. You know, I think yeah. the, the first competition really rattled her. You know, the, the loss of Guillaume as well and just the, the fall from grace that she had. Um, and even just recognizing at the beginning that, like, her number one ally is, is leaving um and that she she knew that she was playing too hard too fast and putting herself in that position and so for here I, th- I just don't think she had the confidence to really sit down and focus on what the question was asking her and so yeah she skips but it gives Donju the the hero role and she ate it up mm-hmm. i think that no one's really gonna like hold it against siwan moving forward like i don't think they're gonna be like gotta no. send her to prison next episode because she's gonna right. be a weak link like i think she'll be fine i think that hopefully she learns to ask for them to read the rules a second and third time moving forward Listen. to really clarify them <laughs> right because so, i'm at home rewinding I'm reminded every time, Scally. I wrote the rules down. I wait for the other guy to come in and say the rules too. I need all the all the context just so I can follow it so we can talk about it here intelligently. Um, so I know in the moment, it's probably just a blur. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> that one question that you brought up for Dongju was ultimately a uh, question that was on a like board, I think, of like donors or people that worked in the hospital. Um, and it was so many names that Junbin spent the entire time just memorizing this one board of names because uh, they felt like no one would obviously be able to memorize that along with everything else. And they anticipated it being one of the last questions. So they would send him in near the end there. But no, it was like question number four. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, <laughs> Dongju knew that if she did not answer it correctly. The only other person would be Jun Bin. He wouldn't be sent until the end. And then he doesn't know anything else. So they're going to lose. That's a little shady too. Don't do don't do Jun Bin like that. He could have come through. You don't know. He Y'all said it. Know. Listen, he don't know. <laughs> he don't know his own strength. Give him some credit. Give my boy some credit. Yeah, I think that the harder questions ended up being a lot more of the logic based questions so it wasn't Mm -hmm. that they were necessarily super hard to remember like as soon as you knew that it was in fact march 1st uh 2021 rather than the 27th that was circled on the calendar i think that everyone openly discussed that so the harder questions probably were easier to memorize it was just harder if you were all looking at individually i don't think every single person figures that out on their own yeah the even this with they needed Dong Jay really as like to really help break that moment down um, when they were trying to determine, you know, when that surgery happened and what day of the week it was and what day it was or whatever the case may be. And I think if you don't have that group effort of putting all the like stronger minds on it, then you don't get that right. And so that's probably another point to Orbit's credit is where Orbit's like, I think we should keep the brains around, uh, you know, because we need yeah. that. Um, because if you're getting rid of the Siwans or the even the Dong Jews of the world, it's like, okay, well, what happens if you know, um, Kyung Rim, no disrespect to her. I'm just, I'm sure she's fine. But what happens if she ends up in that role instead? 
Uh, because mm-hmm. even when Guillaume, I have to talk about Kung Rim real quick. Uh, even when Guillaume is leaving, he goes, Kung Rim, I think you're going to win it all. She says, boy, lower your expectations, please. <laughs> boy, stop. Get out of my face with that. You know, I ain't go. She like me. Like, you know, I'm here for a good time. I don't know what time. Stop playing. Um, and so, yeah, you might end up in a situation where the, pe- the weaker people in your alliance are put into the hero role and they cannot step up. So that was a good point, Skyler. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the thing that I worry about with losing like a geome so early. Uh, mm-hmm. It very easily could have also been Nongjay, who is the one that figures out like a lot of the logic pieces to this. Now, I wonder if geome would have been similarly able to figure them out. He was really good at the puzzles last week, just like Nongjay. So I think that mm-hmm. these are two of the stronger players who like really could have gone home in the first week. If we were to lose a Nongjay, I think that there are, are other people in this cast who are very capable. But as far as we've seen on screen, it's nerve wracking if you lose some of these really smart people early and you could be competing for a total of zero dollars at the end. Right. Scott, this show is kind of stressful. I'm not going to lie to you. We haven't really <laughs> said that out loud, but I mean, like, I know you, I know, you know, this is kind of the stakes feel high, you know, like, uh, I don't know why, but I feel like, and I, and I honestly feel like, of course, we're obviously this is a Korean show. It is not, it was not American made, but I do think that we're at a disadvantage for not really knowing the lore behind these people as well. Like we get their intros as well, you know, like there, but there are a couple celebrities on here. I feel like if they, if like, you know, it's kind of like the traders USA or something like that. If it's like, if it's the traders or something, we're invested in these people because we know them from other shows. You know, I really wish I knew a lot of these players from their, their real lives as well, because I feel like the stakes would be so much higher. Yeah, the added context would be nice. Looking forward to an all-star season when I feel like yes. I have even more. <laughs> you <My> know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be great. Even, you know, for me, season two, we could bring in like a player or two who was on the genius or something like that, uh, where I get that. Cause I do think that some context is missing, but just four episodes in, I am highly invested in some of these people. So uh, I cannot imagine if I was a fan of them coming in, how stressful this would be. Yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, Four episodes in, and I have my faves. And speaking of people I'm invested in, hi Sung, Scally. Mm-hmm. Before the episode ends, she seems like she's a little a little down and out. the The day wasn't going great for her. I think that what they were saying is that you know, as a student, she's used to studying for competitions or for you know, you know, tests or whatever the case may be. And a lot of this is just thrown at you so quickly that you really don't have a time to, a chance to sit down and do your research. You know, and really like dig into the way the rules work. I honestly think that's kind of why I'm, I'm always out of my realm here because I really need stuff explained to me and then I can and then I can move freely. Um, and so she's having a hard time. But then we see a flash forward, I guess, through what will happen in the next, you know, kind of iteration of The Devil's Plan in which her and Orbit are at odds and she's crying and she's begging him to help her out. And I'm like, Orbit, Orbit. I know. What's going on? What's happening Look- here, Scally? Orbit's about to be cutthroat in the game. What's happening? I don't like it. <laughs> I know, not at a high sun. Not look, not at the expense of high sun. You know, like oh. I kind of love her. You know, and so I'm like, dang, Orbit, what? Not, yeah, be cutthroat, but not when my faves are the ones you're being <laughs> cutthroat to. Dang, leave my girls alone. Right? Yeah, I, I think like. Haizong is having a little bit of a crisis here where she's discovering what I think a lot of people know is like being good at school or even like your job or, uh, you know, any number of things are all very different skills. And so while you are having people who come in here who are extremely intelligent, extremely great students, uh, they're being tested on skills that they might not have been tested on before. And she hasn't 
felt like she fell into a position that uh, she feels like the most important person in the room just yet. And she's struggling with that because probably most of them are used to being the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think it's probably a tough position to be in. Wouldn't know what that's like. Um, (laughs) Well, look, Scott, you're. You're the toughest person in this room right now. Like you're the person, you know, so. we are in two separate rooms. So in my room, well, where I am this alone, is a Zoom room essentially. You know, Listen, I don't know about that. We'll podcast, you are the smarter person. Make no mistake. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm nervous. I uh, to have Haisung ultimately, ugh, ultimately uh, to, <laughs> crying uh, again here, uh, and then we see her in the flash forward having a tough time with someone who she came to for like support in this episode, the person that she probably felt pretty comfortable with opening up to maybe then betraying her in the following episode. I need to press play on episode five right now because right, right. I am scared. Yeah. And uh, if y'all are listening to this, y'all have probably already seen episode five, which is wild, right? So uh, don't spoil us. Obviously we are on Twitter and we are doing the things where we are trying to podcast about this without being spoiled so that we kind of can go through our range of emotions, pick our faves and all that stuff without being, you know, having the influence of knowing what happens. And so, uh, yeah, y'all are hearing our real time assessments of what we think is going to happen. And, uh, I am nervous for high song. Mm-hmm. So uh, in seeing that preview, I guess, are you anticipating a high song elimination next episode? Where are we at? No, I don't think an elimination because so so from what I've heard about the genius is that there's a lot of like flashbacks and flash forwards and all this other stuff and twists and turns and they kind of keep you off balance. And so I don't know if they would just telegraph, you know, the 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 like elimination that that quickly. But I do think that the episode might be a difficult one for her um, now really what I'm more interested in seeing is, you know, the arc of Orbit, you know, like if seeing Orbit kind of in his villain era, it might make him one of my faves as well. We just have to see how it plays out. <laughs> Watching Orbit break bad could be very compelling yes, television. <laughs> like, like imagine like Bill Nye or Miss Frizzle just doing some off the cra- like off the wall kind of thing. <laughs> like these science people just going left. Uh, Bre- Walter White, you know what I'm saying? It's been done. It's been done. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying science people are evil. You heard it here first. Scally, yeah. what about you? Are you concerned about either of these two players in the next episode? I am concerned for Song. I don't think that they would telegraph it if it was just, you know, about she's about to be eliminated. Like, I don't think that's what we're seeing. I think that she is probably struggling like early mid game. And so could that result in an elimination? Sure. But I'm not sold on that being a definitive thing. Uh, I don't think to my knowledge, I believe that almost every game is going to have the chance of someone being eliminated, but I don't think it is a guarantee as well. Mm. So, um, you know, I'm nervous for all my faves, not just high song moving forward. <laughs> Right, because how many people are left in the game now? 11? 11. 11. How many people do you think we end the game with? Ooh, um, I am probably anticipating having five or six people left at the mm. end and having like kind of, you know, a big cut right before we get to that final two. Right, 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 right. Yeah, like so it gets, it gets down to like six and then there's a way that only two of them are going to be able to compete at the end. That's mm. probably what I could foresee as well. This is going to be fun, Scally. I know I'm very excited. I think the plan that we have discussed is um, 
we're going to try to cover like a day's worth of play in each podcast, ideally. Um, so to my knowledge, I believe episodes five and six are similarly set up where it is a main match and a prize match. I do know that it gets a little bit wonky in there where it's like we start a prize match halfway through an episode. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll cut it like, you know, a little bit and we're going to discuss. We're going to figure it out. But for the next episode, you guys should be set. We're going to uh, format it that way. So expect a very similar podcast to this now Chappelle. before we start wrapping up completely I, well you can we could talk about potentially doing a draft next round but do you have a winner pick that you'd want to lock in no see that's the thing <laughs> losing guillaume in this episode is kind of like you're kind of like sobering right where it's like you think that you know who could win but then at the same time you see them take such a fall from grace uh, I think it's really I, I don't think I'd be comfortable making a winner pick until maybe next episode because okay. a part of me still has an eye on Dong Jay because he's just mm-hmm. an early standout but it's really going to like be determined about how he bounces back from this L that he took in this episode you know and so um, but he's very cunning very very cunning and so I, I, I have a lot of faith in him I don't know if I want to pick him as my winner pick but I think he wouldn't be a horrible winner pick. What about you? Mm, yeah, it's tough. I, I think that we could see almost anyone from this cast winning and it wouldn't like entirely surprise me. I think that people come Even in. Rim? I, it's possible. Who knows? It would surprise her. Geom's <laughs> winner pick. If it's good enough for Geom, it's good enough for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's smarter than I. And so uh, I think uh, he has a better read. He is the smartest person in his room and we just mentioned his name. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know if it's wishful thinking. I think I'm going to just because I want to brag if I'm right. I, I'm going with Siwan. Yes, I'm sorry. We do love Siwan. Okay, cool. So <laughs> yeah, give me one more episode, and I think I'll be able to confidently like just plant my flag. But right now, Perfect. I just feel like I'm too I'm too invested in all of them. Um, and so I don't really want to see any of them go right now. It'd be nice if the next couple episodes were like non elimination. We'll see. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I, I like that was my one of my only things that I did not love in the change in format between the genius and this is I was like, Oh, but like eliminations, like they make the stakes so much higher. And now that people are actually going home, I'm like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> Keep them here. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, but, but then that's the thing. You're right. Uh, the stakes are higher when you watch the game and it, you know, anybody can go home at any time, but if you give me like another week, right, let's just give me another week where nobody goes home. Then potentially, you know, the stake will be even higher because I really, really connect with them at that point, right? Like this is connection through three and four episodes. Imagine how we're gonna feel after like five and six episodes when we lose like four people at once, right? When they just pull the rug underneath us. I need that. Yeah. I need that feeling. I need that adrenaline. Yeah, give that to me. Burn me I with do- a spirit. I want shows to make me sad uh, while I yes. also would like th- for them to make me very happy. So uh, literally. You know, be- <laughs> <laughs> step on my neck i'm sorry this might be a different podcast no you're good um, <laughs> i think people know what they're getting into oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah Chappelle. i think that we will be back next time to cover episodes five and six but until then Chappelle, what else do you have going on that people should check out uh just a few things obviously um 
So, of course, you mentioned SuitsPodcast.com is where Rob and I are doing our daily Suits coverage for post-show recaps every day. There's a new episode of Suits dropping, uh, a new podcast about Suits, the hit Netflix show, formerly USA show. And we are building a community around it. And so people can join our Facebook community for Suits, SuitsPodcast.com slash Facebook, or just subscribe to the podcast at SuitsPodcast.com and keep up with all of our Suits coverage there. Rob and I also are approaching our 100th episode of Nothing But Netflix. And so uh, this week, we are going to have a special crossover with Post Show Recaps to talk about the fall of House Usher uh, for Spooky Season. And so we're going to have Ariel on as our special guest. And so that is going to be a good time. Check out Nothing But Netflix uh, wherever you get your podcast. Um, over on The Connect on Post Show Recaps, Mari and I are wrapping up coverage of The Changeling and then preparing to start talking about Rap Shit Season 2 on HBO from the creator of Insecure, Issa Rae herself. And so uh, looking forward to that with Mari. Uh, and then uh, we're also on Poetry Recaps talking about The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon is wrapping up, but there is more The Walking Dead to come with Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, the final season of Fear the Walking Dead uh, starting back up right after uh, The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon ends. So catch that on Poetry Recaps. Also, on Rob has a podcast. I'm still covering Below Deck. And so that is a great time with Sasha. Below Deck Med is underway. And so I am back with Sasha to cover it. I think this week coming up, we're going to need a special guest because Sasha will be traveling. But check out the Below Deck wrap up feed for more of that and the Bravo wrap up feed. I'm sorry. Uh, and then, oh, yes, special coverage of uh, Hit It or Quit It coming soon. Rob and Jenny will be talking about one episode of House of Villains with me on there. Uh, to, you know, the ultimate villain, obviously, to talk about House of Villains. And then uh, Jenny and I are going to take the reins and we are going to cover House of Villains uh, alone without Rob. We're going to do Hit It or Quit It for House of Villains and it's going to be a good time. So check out Jenny Autumn and myself talking about that on Rob Has a Podcast. Um, Scotty, that's it. Only a few things. What about you? Just one or two. Um, no. So <laughs> anything I'm doing, <laughs> you can find over on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally. I'm also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash bscally. I am regularly talking about the challenge uh, currently USA, soon to be season 39 with Matt Ligori over on the Dom and Colin podcast. So check that out. And also covering the Traders Canada with Puya over on the Traders Canada or the Traders RHAP feed. So people uh, definitely it's been a fun season. You should jump on board if you are not already. Um, And then, like I said, anything else I am doing on Twitter. Right. And I'm on Twitter, too, at Chappelle's underscore show, where I'm also on Twitch at Chappelle's underscore show. So. Uh, follow me as well yes i've twitched twice there's no vod or evidence of it but it was a good time and so check that out whenever i decide to go live it'll be probably months from now but we'll see what happens oh i can't wait to hang in the chat well whatever (laughs) (laughs) chappelle ultimately we are now at the end of this podcast thank you everyone for stopping by for you know like i said the first the second episode of this uh you know is it the inaugural who knows uh (laughs) devil's plan podcast we will be back soon to cover episodes five and six and see ya Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.